hello beautiful people and thank you for joining me today in this our seventh part of the journey that we have titled the journey and just as a reminder we are continuing to study the book patriarchs and prophets by ellen white and we are in the first book out of five so today we touch on chapter seven and uh i just i just encourage you to go and read this book go and read this chapter at least it is so it's so profound and the similarity between the world pre-flood and the world today is just uncanny so i'll try to make this quick but there's just so much to talk about last time we talked about seth and enoch and we saw how enoch in the midst of sin sin was proliferating exponentially but Enoch remained steadfast, loyal to God, and he was translated into heaven. Now, in this chapter, in the chapter of the flood, needless to say, sin had, sin was out of control. Sin has overtaken the antediluvian world. Everything was just chaos. People were self-centered, selfish, evil, wicked. You know, every atrocity that basically what we see today around us was back then. It says that the world before the flood, remember, there were evident signs of decay, but the earth was still rich and beautiful. I mean, you could still see what God's creation was supposed to be um, or the closest thing to God's creation, but what they have missed on. And... It talks about how God God blessed these people. I mean, we're talking about the beginning of the world. They were the closest to the lineage of Adam and Eve, and they had heard the stories about how how Adam and Eve fell and how you know how sin entered. And they had people like Enoch and 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 many others that honor God to you know telling them you know God is coming. God is God is faithful. Like He will restore a seed. He will redeem us. But Sin just overtook the world. Talking about these people back then, they sought only to gratify the desires of their own proud hearts and reveled in scenes of pleasure and wickedness. Not desiring to retain God in their knowledge, they soon came to deny His existence, kind of what we do today. They adored nature in place of the God of nature. They glorified human genius, worshipped the works of their own hands, and taught their children to bow down to graven images. Isn't this what we see today around us? Something to think about. So this is, this is how the world was. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every Listen, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. There were no good thoughts there. They had completely rejected God. God has stepped, you know, stepped away and Satan and his followers were in complete control of these people. And because here's an important thing, because they created, they were, you know, uh, worshiping images they were they had idols they, 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 these were people that will kill their kids in service to the gods they will burn them alive do all sorts of horrible things because they did not obey God's commandments which he said you know I don't want images don't don't at all idols because idols create a false image of God in our minds and it is a law, this is what the book says, it is a law of the human mind that by beholding we become changed. 
man will no man will rise no higher than his conceptions of truth, purity, and holiness. So if their God in their mind was a wooden statue, I mean, what conception is that of God? It's just a thing, you know? So everything was just degraded. Sin just completely destroyed human race. And kind of what also we see today, they delighted in destroying the life of animals and the use of flesh for food rendered them still more cruel and bloodthirsty until they came to regard human life which astonishing indifference again just what we see today with the animal cruelty the 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 animal the animal meat industry treats these animals like just things there's no respect for life and we have seen how this translate into no respect for human life now there's a mass murder every other day i mean we are that bad right now so iniquity had become so deep and widespread that god could no longer bear with it so god decides to basically do a reset a restart and living in those times was this man noah just like enoch a man that was faithful to god and 120 years remember this number 120 years before the actual flood God went to Noah and told him that the world was going to be destroyed, that he needed to build an ark so that he could save, you know, the animals and people. And that 120 years later, a flood was going to come. And that through that time, as he built the ark, because we're not talking about a small boat, we're talking about a, a cruise level uh, wooden boat of those times. Um, as he built the ark, that he was also meant to preach the warning message. So God doesn't just destroy for the sake of destroying and without mercy. God in his mercy, 120 years before the flood, he told Noah, build it and preach about it. So that he gave everyone an absolute fair chance, 120 years chance to repent and to turn their ways to God's ways. So 120 years um, of preaching, of these people constantly hearing Noah saying, return to God, God is going to destroy the world, you know, come into the ark or, you know, stay around while we build it. It says, many first appeared to receive the warning, yet they did not turn to God with true repentance. They were unwilling to renounce their sins. Some were deeply convicted and would have heeded the words of warning, but there were so many to jest and ridicule that they partook of the same spirit, resisted the invitations of mercy, and were soon among the boldest and most defiant scoffers. For none are so reckless and go to such lengths in sin as do those who have once had light but have resisted the convincing spirit of God. So, lesson to be learned here be careful who you surround yourself with and be careful caring too much about what other people will think about you you know in your journey with god you will come to a time where people will make fun of you where you will be mocked where maybe god is being ridiculed in public and you may feel like a shame of accepting that you believe in god don't stay steadfast god will reward you 
as he did, you know, Noah. So in those times, there were some people that actually believed in Noah, but because they felt that they would be looked as ridiculous by others that were mocking Noah, then they absolutely missed on their opportunity to be saved. <clears throat> so sin took over. Noah stood like a rock amidst the tempest, surrounded by popular contempt and ridicule. He distinguished himself by his holy integrity and unwavering faithfulness. So uh, Noah stood steadfast, but sin continued. They continued their festivities and their glutinous feast. They ate and drank, planted and built, laying their plans in reference to advantages they hoped to gain in the future. And they went to greater lengths in wickedness and in defiant disregards of God's requirements to testify that they had no fear of the infinite one. Again, what we see today. Today, everything... Almost every single social media post is about how to make money, how to retire with money, planning for the future, just living a life as if there was not going to be an end. And my friend, as we'll see in a few pages, the end is coming and the end was coming for these people, but they didn't listen to Noah. They just continue living life as if nothing was going to happen. And here's the thing. Animals came to the ark entered the ark, these people witnessed the animals entering into the ark by a mysterious hand because Noah wasn't guiding them. And even so, this majestic, you know, miracle, they didn't believe. So they had every single opportunity to come back to God for 120 years. And they saw the animals going, they saw Noah preach, they saw the ark being built. Nothing could change their mind. So. Noah was locked into the ark with his family. And here's a message to the parents. You have an enormous responsibility with your children. Noah's warning had been rejected by the world, but his influence and example resorted in blessing to his family. As a reward for his faithfulness and integrity, God saved all the members of his family with him. Be careful what you're teaching your kids or your immediate family. God rewards those who stay faithful. And as a faithful parent, teach your children to be faithful as well. So God, not Noah, God closed the door of the ark. And at this point, funny, God closed the door of the ark, not on the day of the flood. Not one single drop of rain fell on that day. As a matter of fact, it didn't fail for seven days. So you can imagine how the people on the outside were looking at the people locked in the ark, with no rain for seven days, they, they would probably keep mocking them and ridicule them. But the people outside did not knew that they, they, their faith had been sealed. There was no turning back. God has shut Noah in and those who were out, it was too late for them. Of course, on the eighth day, the cataracts of heaven opened as, you know, as Ellen White described it and the Bible. So, the, the the fountains of the earth came out and this was not your typical just rain and flood this was storms and earthquakes and he says that the earth opened up and like spew water and probably lava like it was it was a worldwide absolute catastrophe and the people on the outside of course were scared and at this point they started you know thinking man i should have 
I should have listened to Noah. I wish we will be back, but at this point, it was just absolutely too late. And long story short, the world was destroyed. Every living creature outside of the ark died. And, uh, and but the people inside, here's the thing, the ark wasn't built to withstand the, the horribleness of what happened on the flood time, but God protected the ark and those inside it. So, so God will protect those at the end of times. And it's interesting because when, when the flood happened, when people started dying, people actually got upset at God and started cursing God even more, including Satan himself. So instead of feeling repentance, they actually felt more rebellious against God for, for whatever reason, because they had 120 years to ask for forgiveness, but they didn't. They didn't repent. And of course, as you can expect, the, the, the Ellen White finishes the chapter <coughs> making a, an analogy to what's happening today. So the Bible says, as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. My friend, we are on the third angel's message. This is Revelation 14. This is the very last warning message that God gave the world. So we are today living in Noah's day. The same warning that Noah preached for 120 years is being preached today for 160 plus years since 1844. Um, that's a whole other topic, but we are living in the end times. We are living in that last moments of planet Earth. And the previous destruction was by water, but the next destruction will be by fire. So it says here, another storm is coming. The earth will again be swept by the desolating wrath of God and sin and sinners will be destroyed. The sins that call for vengeance upon the antediluvian world exist today. The fear of God is banished from the heart of men. His lies treated with indifference and contempt. And then it goes on to explain how similar the sins that were back then are to the sins that are right now. And you don't even need to read it. I'm sure you can look around, turn on the news channel, turn on a social media channel, and you will see how misguided and how, how lost we are to sin. At the time of Christ's second appearing draws near, the Lord sent his servants with a warning to the world to prepare for that event. Again, Revelation 14, where God sends us, and actually that's what Jesus' last commission to his disciples and to us, go and make disciples, preaching this to every tribe, tongue, and people. <coughs> so it is up to us, up to you, up to me, up to every single one of us, to preach the warning message. We are Noah right now. And we are to warn the people of the upcoming judgment of God so that everyone listens or has the opportunity to listen to it and then make their own decision. So it will be now before the lawgiver shall come to punish the disobedience, transgressors are warned to repent and return to their allegiance. But with the majority of these warnings, 
will be in vain. So just as it was in Noah's day, just as the Bible predicted. And again, I'm pretty sure you can see this around us, how many people mock those who follow God, how, how those who, you know, want to do right by God, that we are seen as, you know, ignorance or whatever names they want to call us. But it is still our duty to preach because at the end, nobody will have excuse. Nobody will be able to say, oh, I didn't know about this. No, 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 no. Preach. Join me. Join the Christian world. Join the pastors. Join every. Let's preach and send the warning message because nobody, nobody will have um, the excuse to say, oh, I didn't hear that before. I didn't know this. No, we all had the exact same opportunity. Um, and of course, it finishes with a strong um, sentence. It says, uh, his messengers, then it is that sudden destruction comes upon them and they shall not escape. And this is talking about the end when the God's judgment comes completely and God comes again, Jesus comes again. And this time it will be to eradicate sin once and for all. So which group are you going to be? The one inside the ark or the one that stayed outside? Mm -hmm.